All right, it's recording. Hello, hello. Welcome to Valley Girl Alchemy. My name is Raina. My name is Sophie. And today we're going to be touching, t- talking about attachment theory. Um, it's funny because today uh, Trump has been defeated and Biden has been named the new president of the United States. Um, so it's a pretty awesome day today. Yeah, it's a good day. You know, you know what we could do that's fun? Is what? like I'll tell you about attachment theory and then at the end you can determine where you think Trump is. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. I know. That's a good, that's a good exercise. Yeah. I'll yeah. be thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know like, where to place him. Yeah. Um, it was funny because I sent you that thing this morning that was um, Trump. He posted a few hours ago this morning. He said, I won this election by a lot. <laughs> and, then, and then the Lincoln Project was like, you lost, sweetie. And we were just talking about the Lincoln Project last um, episode. And I yeah. just thought that was really oh, yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the so Conways. Oh, yeah, George the Con- Conway for the win, baby. Yeah, yeah I know. He's such a troll. You know? <laughs> um, God. I won by a lot. Yes. It's, oh, my God. I just like that. I know. He's the, the delusion that exists. The yeah. delusion. But, you know, as we just talked about earlier, he's being um, violently... Uh, ripped from the womb of delusion. <laughs> so, ripped from, the, ripped from the yes, birth, birthed into misery, birthed into the reality. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how he how he takes everything. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm excited to talk about this topic. It's it's funny because like when I was in college, I learned about attachment theory, and when I was reading about it, I was like, hmm, this. This, this is, like, making some sense to me. Like, I feel like it was speaking to me. I felt um, called out. I felt like, oh, wow, I, you know, I got some issues here. Um, but I actually haven't delved into it as much as you have. Um, and I'm excited that you wanted to talk about this because um, I feel like I'm kind of revisiting it because I definitely still have some attachment issues, if you will. But I know that you've done a lot more work on it than I have. And um, so you're going to kind of lead us through this episode and talk about, you know, all the different attachment styles that we can uh have throughout our life um so why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about why you wanted to talk about attachment theory and what it is and we'll go from there yeah yeah sure so i got really obsessed with this a year and a half ago maybe um and it's something that's i also learned um initially in college and found really fascinating but it wasn't until single dumb that it really started to become a major force Mm. in my life where i was struggling with healthy relationships you know and up until recently i had never had a healthy relationship but especially being single and like not really being you know, not really fully committing with to anyone or having anyone co- want to commit to me, you know, that I was feeling like, okay, what is, like, what is going on here? There's some sort of, like, why is it so hard for me to find this stable romantic relationship? Um, and so that got me into this, like, rabbit hole of research about it. And it's, like, part of this kind of, um, inqui- like, in- self-inquisitive journey that I did. And the reason that I want to talk about it and share about it 
with people, um, and I have spoken about it here or there with people, is because I think that a lot of us fall into the space of having at moments in time dysfunctional attachment. Um, so, you know, traditionally you learn about it as something that could be kind of a monolith, like you're one or the other. Um, but really, the research is showing that we're much more malleable, um, so that we're kind of shifting and changing, and that it's it's not so much that you're always one way, but that you're certain ways in certain relationships, and that can even shift within a relationship and shift within the way that you are, what, what's going on in your life at, at that moment. Um, and understanding the ways in which we attach and where we are secure and where we are insecure tells us an incredible amount about how we are in relationship with other people which is absolutely everything in this world right Mm -hmm. you know that like some people can function with like they don't need as relationships are less important like maybe you're in a highly um analytical role in your work and you don't have like you know family you live alone whatever right um and while other people it's everything um because their personality is like thrives on relationships but for all of us there's like unless you're in a cabin in the woods completely alone you need to deal with other people Mm -hmm. and as soon as you're dealing with other people your attachment shit you know or gold comes up in those situations um and i'll get into that in in a little bit um but i just think it's so prime important um so what do you know about attachment like what did you learn in college that you remember so I learned that there was like the secure attachment which is where you know there I know there was like an experiment done where a child is left in a room Mm -hmm. with a stranger um and taken away from their parent and the the child is a little bit disturbed and the parent leaves and then when the parent comes back uh, the child is um, happy to see the parent if they're secure, um, and if they are not secure, then they have like different reactions that are kind of like, oh, like when the parent comes back, it's like, oh, I don't care about you, or yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. Um, I know that there's like three or four different types, like secure, uh, anxious. Uh, avoidant and anxious avoidant maybe there's more uh, I know that the, like uh, codependent and uh, I think there's another one is also kind of included in attachment but we're probably uh, that's probably something for another episode to talk about codependency mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I know that those um, three or four are kind of like the main ones um, and they're, I know that they're kind of like formed when a child is like, you know, in the first few years of the child's life. Hmm. Hmm. And yes. they kind of attack, they, they kind of like dictate how your future relationships are going to go because there's sort of like an imprint on your brain um, that happens in those first few years of life that, uh, you know, kind of comes out of, sorry, there's dog barking, um, that comes out of, uh, the relationship that you have with your caregivers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's 100% right. And the, okay. even the co- and the codependency stuff is correct. Okay. Um, but I think that could be like its own, that could absolutely be. Definitely. <laughs> episode. Um, so yeah, going back to, I don't remember the name of the researchers, but this is super famous. Anyone who's ever taken a psychology course in college and even high school has probably learned about this research, which is that they took babies, separated them from their parents, and saw what happened. So 
Um, and I think this is good to know because it speaks to the like emotional experience that you're undergoing as an adult when um, attachment insecurity comes up. Mm-hmm. So secure babies, a parent figure leaves, they cry a little bit, somebody new comes in and they're like, okay, cool. Like after a while, you know, they settle down, they start playing. When the parent comes back in, they're super excited. You know, um, so it's like generally pretty low stress environment. Then you have um, insecure attachment, right? And so there's secure attachment and then there's insecure. And insecure has three spectrums under it. Um, so it's the anxious, it's the avoidant, and it's the anxious avoidant. Um, there isn't – I didn't ever read anything about how anxious avoidant children act. I just remember reading about anxious and avoidant. So anxious children, when the parent leaves the room – they cry the entire time. They cannot be soothed. Nobody can play with them, right? Nobody can calm them down. When the parent comes back, they're still crying, right? They're still just like in a state of shock over mm-hmm. what happened. Avoidant children don't cry. When the parent leaves and somebody tries to play with them, they just kind of like ignore them and are just silent. And then when the parent comes back, they also ignore them, right? Um, so what we can look at in these situations is the dysfunction is um well we can look at positively what's happening first right so in a secure environment um there's trust and that's really what it means you trust that your caregiver um is going to leave but they will come back and so while it hurts if they're gone you're pretty easily soothed because you know in your body, right? This is a baby. You know, in your body, right, at a a deep unconscious level that you will be soothed again. And so the reason that you're excited to see your caregiver is because that's been built up that they'll leave, but they'll come back and they'll leave, but they'll come back. And so you're never in in need for intimacy, right? You know that your, um, your needs are being met. And again, for babies, this is literal needs. Like this is the literal needs of touch and food and nurture. Um, when you're anxious, it means that you are completely no idea when your needs are going to be met and that you have a caregiver that like can show up and is potentially highly likely anxious themselves, right? Has some sort of dysfunction um, and can nurture you and care for you, um, but other times is just nowhere to be found. As a result, you're confused because you don't know at what point your um, – you know, your cries for help are going to be answered. You don't know if anyone's going to give a shit. You don't know why anyone gives a shit. And so that kind of insecurity can cause um, constant suffering um, where you're just like, it's like you're just always in pain because it's so inconsistent and insecure um, and scary. Every time a need comes up, you're terrified. It's actually And this is the anxious one? Yes, or this, this is, is anxious. The- this is okay, anxious. anxious. This is the okay, baby so that's anxious screaming. Is like, okay, this is the baby that's screaming. So this is the one where it's like the parent is inconsistent. Uh, inconsistent, not reliable. Yeah, okay. yeah not reliable. Um, then there's avoidant. And avoidant actually is the same pain point as inconsistent but worse. So an avoidant child is not getting support from their parent and it's so bad it's not even inconsistent it's so it's so devoid that they actually learn that there's no point in crying there's no point in asking like trying to ask or make a request or express a need right um and so that's why they don't display emotion that's why they don't cry and they don't show excitement at seeing a caregiver either right um it's the same kind of principle of abandonment it's just the abandonment you could argue is wor- is potentially worse right um yeah. and this so, is so sad Sophie it's really sad right so sad. and then um 
let's go into adulthood, right? So what does this mean for adulthood? Um, you, If you trust, right, that your needs are met, it causes a profound impact on you that as you continue to get older, right, you're experiencing a world in which your needs are met, right? That people will meet your needs um, and that, you know, when you ask for something, you will get it. And if you don't, it's okay because you'll get your need met in another way. You also can become, you have the opportunity to become self-sufficient, right? Because you have a groundwork of understanding what it feels like to have a need, express it, and have it met. Right, so you trust, um, and what this means is over time you're going to have better relationships because you're secure. You're not attracted to um, folks who are going to just you know reaffirm the parts of you that are painful and don't trust. Um, so you know you're just coming out into the world with this like amazing advantage, right? Um, and like it's just transformative in the way that you're going to experience working, romance, having a family, you know, um, working through school, you know, like just every aspect of your life is impacted, again, by trust, really significant, um, which is security, just stability, you know, inside the self, not even just in life. Um, And secure people attach romantically, um, you know, and generally in relationships like this. But like you're very – you feel very um, okay with intimacy, whether it's there in the moment or whether it's not, because overall you trust that intimacy will be there, right? So, you know, you believe if your partner is reaching out to you, um, like, you know, you believe that like, oh, okay, they they um, they um, are there, they, they want their needs met, I'm happy to give that, right? You know, I don't, I trust, I trust them. Um, and you know, if you don't hear from someone for like a few days that like, oh, they must just be busy, right? Um, that's totally okay. Like um, you kind of assume the, uh, assume the best yes. instead of assume the worst and like the anxious one assumes the worst and um the avoidant one uh knows the worst yes yeah <laughs> uh, like a thousand a thousand percent yeah. right um and so like an example of a secure relationship is like um uh you know uh who can we who can like a good what's a good healthy relationship you see like in media Girl, I don't fucking see like, any of like, that shit. N- no, like in fake, <laughs> in like in fake media, right? You know, in fake media. Yeah, you know, or like not fake media. I mean, like f- uh, fictional, right? You know, like a secure. Um, Honestly, Sophie, I don't know. I feel I'm like a-, a lot of relationships show like codependent, they do. anxious. They do. I avoidant think, relationships or else it wouldn't have been an interesting relationship to show, show on the TV I know, this anyway. Is why we're probably all fucked up. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> this do, is why we're all fucked up. I'm going to do... Um, I think the Adams family, the parents, uh, Morticia and Gomez. Oh my gosh, you're going way out there. Yeah, okay, but hello. Like, <laughs> but I think I think you kind of have to, right? Because the, the reason True. they have a healthy relationship is because they're like it's a weird, scary family, right? <laughs> so it's like they don't have to make that part of it dramatic. But like I think they're good examples where they're like they deeply love each other. They trust each other. Like, you know, they're always like they're both weirdos. They trust their they trust what the other one's up to. They love their children. Nobody's judging anyone for being weird. No one is ever feeling like there's never a conflict where they're like, oh no, you did this thing and you didn't tell me. And like now mm-hmm. I'm stressed. Cause they just trust each other, right? It's easy. Right. And I think secure attachment is almost hard to describe because there isn't dysfunction. Like that's the hallmark of secure attachment in romance and friendships and work. It's just an easy relationship where people are getting along, you know, mm. because there's no underlying instability. Let's go to insecure attachment. 
All right, so anxious. How does anxious look like in adulthood? So folks who are anxious are the typical extremely needy partner or friend, right? You know, or even coworker. They're the person who is texting you like a thousand fucking times a day and the, the person who, if you don't call them, you know, doesn't hear from you, thinks like you're rejecting them or abandoning them. Um, on, the, on the more um, kind of like, like, um, I don't know if I would like say dangerous or um, potentially dangerous spectrum. Folks who are like um, can become almost violent, right? Um, or it can, there can be an emotional violence are the folks who become extremely controlling, right? And angry, um, you know, where they're like – Like super jealous. Super jealous, right? Where are you – you know, why am I not there? Um, on the less like violent spectrum, they're the ones who are just clingy, you know, where they're like, hey – Hi, what are you doing? Can I talk to you? Can I come with you? That would be more traditional codependence, right? (laughs) Um, And underlying it for like those reactions, right, which can become very explosive. Like I believe that the most angry, explosive, high temper people are anxiously attached, right? Um, And it's because they are so terrified of their needs not getting met and they don't know what will get it met that they're just getting louder and louder and louder and holding on tighter and tighter and tighter because they are terrified of abandonment. So for them, intimacy is like something that has to be grasped onto, right? Like you have to hold onto it with a vice grip because you do not know at what point it will go away and you have no idea to know what would make it go away. So you're just like, I have to just hold on, right? And people who are um, anxious attached have a very low self-concept of themselves, but a very high self-concept or high concept of other people. So they think other people are great and wonderful, um, but that there's something like intrinsically wrong with them. However, they're incredibly temperamental. So they can go from idealizing someone and thinking they're amazing, they're great, and they're wonderful to like, fuck this person, they're a piece of shit, they're trying to ruin my life, right? You know, so there's like a level of like anger that's inside of them as a result of this deep abandonment that exists, you know, and they put a lot on their partners, right? Their partner is like everything. And in that same way that that partner can be the sun the moon the stars that partner can be a huge piece of shit right okay so what who would be like okay so this person this like insecure attachment style uh anxious anxious attachment style who are their parents (sighs) this is a good question um it's hard to know exactly what are the conditions and i think something that i want to get into is over the fact that traditionally this is taught it's like one and done right that like you come from a dysfunctional family and that there's certain um ways that that family was dysfunctional and that's why you have attachment issues like this and actually based on what i've been reading um it's kind of like an inconsistent so like yes we're saying inconsistent. So, like, would that be like a dad that maybe comes and goes as he pleases, or yeah. you know, like a mom that more you know, is maybe generous or not generous with her yeah. love at certain times? Yeah. Or- the thing is that you can go, like, if you have dysfunctional upbringing, I believe that you can go in many different directions, right? And that for some folks, depending on your biology and your genetics, like having one parent who is secure and one who is insecure may still be enough that you have a secure attachment. While for other people, it may be that 
even if you have one secure parent, one like example, like your mom may be there and showing up for you and your father may not, right? You may be a child of divorce and that is enough to push you into insecure attachment, right? Into anxious attachment. But um, I also think that you could have grown up with like a fairly stable environment and have a string of bad relationships, right? Um, most likely romantic, but like they can be even friendships, you know, um, work work environments, and that can start to position you into unhealthy attachment. Um, I also believe that you could be healthy attached, enter a relationship with someone who is unhealthy and start to shift into an unhealthy mm-hmm. pattern yourself. Poisons the well. Yeah. Um, and in that same way that I think that we can shift into unhealthy attachments, I think it's actually easier than we um, think to shift into positive um, like into secure attachment. I think if you come from a truly painful environment where like as a baby it wasn't consistent, right? So if we're saying that like if you had parents who like couldn't even – you didn't even know if they would come change your diaper or they ignored when you cried, mm-hmm. right? Um, or nobody really held you. Um, that are Those are scars that could run through your whole life that you can – I think there's always hope, but that's really hard. For the vast majority of people, I think attachment is not that um, is not that severe, is not that from that severe of abuse, um, but it's from just the little emotional cuts you deal with, right? Where like, um, you know, let's say you have a um, a parent figure who is a drunk, right, and you don't know what mood they're going to be in mm, when they come yeah. home, and maybe they're not abusive. Maybe they're not even mean, but they're just like, you don't know if they're going to be warm towards you or if they're going to ignore you. That can cause right. a significant amount of anxious attachment. All that inconsistency. Yes. Yeah, that causes the anxious. Yes. It's like, oh gosh, you know, like, is it me or is it them or, yeah. you know, what what is it, you know, you know, sometimes like what you do if you cry, if you do, if you act out, sometimes it works, maybe it does another time. Exactly. And you're just like, I don't know what the hell is what. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um... And then we go into avoidant, right? And so avoidant people have a have developed a high self-concept of themselves and a low self-concept of other people. But that's only on the surface, actually. Um, avoidant people have a very low self-concept of themselves as well. They are just dealing with their fear of abandonment, that same fear of abandonment um, that exists in the anxious people by just completely saying, like, fuck it, I don't need anyone else. I'm totally okay, Right. Um, and so like, you know, this comes from parent figures who are, again, it doesn't need to be like you were so abused that you were, um, completely abandoned and neglected. It could be a parent figures who like took care of your physical needs and paid for everything and like never hugged you, you know, you know, never asked you how you were feeling, like never emotionally checked in on you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you could have grown up in a cold environment. Um, and so, you know, um, you're kind of going to think like that's normal, right? That like, you know, uh, intimacy is, is dangerous and bad and, you know. It's, an, it's neglect. It comes from neglect, it comes right? From, yeah, it comes from a type of neglect, even if it's not like legal neglect, right? It's, you know, emotional Emotional neglect. or physical, just emotional. like basically your needs are not being met. Yes. Mostly across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not like an inconsistent thing. It's like consistently your needs are not being met. Like your cries for help, your you know everything is just being ignored. Yeah, at the at the conscious level, an avoidant person thinks I don't need anyone. I'm fine. I'm doing okay. I you know I don't really need to attach. Um, a at the unconscious level, they are terrified um, that to attach bring you know will bring up all the rejection 
um, that they dealt with but couldn't even really understand, right? You know, um, that like to try to get to, to connect with somebody and express needs is terrifying um, because that original rejection is there of what happened in your life. People who are in relationships with anxious people can also... Um, Time for a message from our sponsor. This episode of Valley Girl Alchemy is brought to you by Kundalini Yoga. This style of yoga is known for its breathwork, its chanting, its spiritual focus. Unlike yoga styles such as vinyasa and Bikram, Kundalini Yoga doesn't quite feel like exercise. And that's a good thing, because exercising is so annoying. I know, I know, we must do it to be healthy and all that, and I'll do it, but only if it doesn't feel like exercising. Free ad for Maya Fiennes, Kundalini hashtag superstar. Her journey through the chakras literally brought me back from a full-on mental breakdown. No joke, babes. This shit is healing as fuck. So if after listening to this episode, you realize that maybe you can use some healing, I recommend that you start with Kundalini Yoga. Did I mention that Maya Fiennes is the shit? Okay, well, let's get back to the show. People who are in relationships with anxious people can also um, shift um, into avoidance um, and vice versa, right? That like you could be secure and you can see how if you're with somebody anxious, right, who's like constantly needy, that you might start being like, I can't deal with this. Like, so I'm going to cope by like holding you away from me. You know, um, and that like, you know, on the flip side, if you're with somebody who's really avoidant, you may start to feel extremely needy because you start to think like, well, what's wrong with me? Right. You know, because their their response is not going to be like, hey, I need to withdraw. Like I'm really struggling with this intimacy by and large um, dismissive avoidant people um, are they put that shit on you. They're like, you know, you're you want too much, and like that's your problem, right? Um, that's not mine to help you meet your needs, um, and that's just how they are. Like they're not expecting anyone else to meet their needs either, right? Like they're not going to be calling anyone like a hundred times if something. And doesn't those work are avoidant people. Those are the avoidant people. Yeah, those are the avoidant are, people. Okay. Um, avoidant people. Um, often actually don't like dismissive avoidant people actually often don't really get into relationships um, unless it's with anxious people because pretty much like secure people like will not get into relationships with them because <laughs> right. there's like nothing there's not really anything there um, especially there's nothing to be gained yeah there's nothing to be gained right and um, so like they kind of largely like you know especially over time kind of keep themselves out of the dating pool again unless you enter into a really explosive relationship with a very anxious person and a very avoidant person and then there's anxious avoidant um and that is like you know pretty shit place to be um because you experience both of those spectrums um really what that looks like is like you are anxious and you are aware that you're anxious so you're not like the avoidant where it's like severely repressed in you um that you don't trust like you know you're feeling it in the same way an anxious person feels But instead of clinging, you pull back. So you're like, oh my God, I'm like so, you know, insecure about like this friendship that I'm in. Does this person like me? Do they not like me? And so like you just kind of like disappear, right? It's like it's the anxiety is so much you can't deal with it. You become avoidant. And in like the resources that I've read, um, it's thought that fearful avoidant is very low. It's like there's a very low amount of population and it comes from the most severe of abuse where you know you want to have you want to have a connection um but like you're terrified because you've been so abused in your life that like the healthiest thing for you to do is to actually not bond 
right, with to not bond with caregivers. But again, my own like armchair psychologist interpretation is that like at any point if your life starts to become stressed out or dysfunctional or you enter into relationships that have problematic attachment, you can start to lean into that in your own life in the future even if you didn't necessarily come from an abusive environment right and i have a th- i have a theory that like more people are on a different have are on a spectrum of a, of attachment issues that pop up time to time or in certain relationships and and again it's important to understand it because if you think that it's one and done you may not like be able to see when things start to become you know, like when conflict is growing and brewing and to understand why it's happening in relation with you and somebody else. But also you can't really like see where your relationships are healthy, right? And understand why they're healthy because you're not seeing that the underlying attachment is actually secure, right? And so there's like a lot of knowledge to come from understanding these styles because they also tell us why you could be on the surface different from someone else but have such a great relationship while there's somebody else that you could be like, we have so many things that bond us but we're constantly having conflict well what do you think that you know after researching all of this and like you've done a lot of work in it do you feel like you fall in any of the any of these categories yeah um i i um have been testing on this website i was testing up until a few months ago every month for a little over a year. Um, every month? Yeah, every month. Um, Dang, girl. I know. Is it supposed to track your progress? Yeah, every month. It's really cool. It's called your personality.net um, attachment. Um, and we'll share this resource to everyone um, um, afterwards. But um, yeah, so there's this large research project and I was tracking. Um, and I was tracking a little bit before that. Like I took some kind of um, questionnaires and things and evaluated myself, right? Um, And this is all self-diagnosed. But um, so in all aspects of my life, up until the beginning of this year, I tracked as secure with the exception of occasionally with my parents when I was stressed out with them, I lean into dismissive. So that was kind of interesting to see that like month by month, I would I would test for you, I would test for my mom and my dad, and I would test for like the general public. So the average relationship. And I was constantly getting secure um, for you. The general public, if I was like really stressed. For me? Yeah, like our relationship. So it was, oh, okay. it was tracking like pick, a, you know, a friend you're closest to to try to see like how do you um, attach to your friends, right? Like what is the intimacy there? And so our, I experience our intimacy as constantly secure, right? Yeah. Um, my intimacy with the general public was like, majority secure except if I was really stressed I started to become avoidant right which I looked as just being like I looked at that as kind of I was coming into myself right I was becoming more introverted and when I'm stressed out with my parents I also become more avoidant so that, so as soon as I'm stressed I'm a little bit more like I don't want to deal with emotions I don't want to talk about things like I don't really want to be connected right I, I, I switched it off the exception to that rule was romantic relationships which up until the beginning of this year I kept testing as fearful avoidant, right? So there was some thing in me that I like. I don't know if this was childhood. Which is anxious avoidant. Like anxious avoidant. Yeah. Or sorry. Uh, yeah, anxious avoidant. Yeah, I was sorry. anxious avoidant, right? Um, and um, I don't really know why. Like, I think like you know, I grew up in an environment that could 
start to explain that, except that I'm not having problems in my other relationships, including with the caregivers themselves, right? So like there was something that was showing up in in the romantic space um, for me. And then in dating Drew, it like quickly shifted to secure, right? So that's part of why I believe that these things are like based on they can be like periods of your life based on previous relationships. Like I think I was having relationships that were probably hitting upon me leaning to maybe being like dismissive, right? Dismissive or avoidant or like having my own trauma. And they like pushed me into like the more the most extreme kind of um, it, it, like attachment and security you could have, right? Which is that I wanted intimacy, but I was like pushing it away because I had dealt with some pretty like gnarly shit, right? That had broken down trust for me. And that in finding a relationship where the person was consistent and secure, um, that like within a month, I would like that aspect of me calm down. Mm. Um, and now I think seeing how things have gone um, recently in my life, I think I'm probably being more avoidant right now like I think I'm leaning into being a bit more like I don't want to really kind of deal with like intimacy or attachment coming from a place of like um like deep hurt and disappointment over what's happened um you know like in in certain relationships um and so like that has come up that has come up for me um and I think that's really where I'm at right now like that I'm like a little bit more shielded and blocking people and not fully dealing with like um you know attaching um mm-hmm. so that's that's me what do you think hearing that about yourself about me yeah like where do you see yourself where do I see myself mm-hmm. um well I took a couple tests before this we decided to do this podcast just to see like what the tests would tell me and um I got a couple different results because I went on a few different websites and um like one test that I took said that I'm anxious and another one said that I'm avoidant (laughs) um and so but when I when I was studying this stuff when I was in college I always identified with the fearful avoidant and not like and like with everything in life there's always a spectrum And I I don't think that it's one or the other. I think that Mm -hmm. we do switch with partner to partner, which you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, If we aren't, like, depending on the partner that we have, we're going to maybe take on a different side of our attachment style. But overall, consistently through my life, I feel like in romantic relationships, it's definitely been fearful avoidant mixed with secure. Hmm. Like, I'm, like, somewhere, like, right in the middle Mm. you know but but kind of like on the middle but towards the side of being fearful avoidant I don't think that I'm more on the side of the secure attachment by any means hence why I've been single all of these years I mean I've been in and out of relationships but like hence why it hasn't been like a super fulfilling relationship that I've been in Mm Definitely, you know, and I took another test. It was like, um, how was your relationship with your caregiver number one? caregiver number two like your mom you took the same one no but I think the one that I I don't know if it's the same one but the one that I've been taking is like you kind of it has you name like one caregiver another one and it has you look at both of them yep yep that's what this one did Mm -hmm. and it rates your relationship with that person based off of like 
protection that you felt when you were a child, mm. attunement that you felt, mm. uh, soothing and reassurance, expressed delight yeah. and encouragement. And to be honest, like on a lot of these, it was pretty low for me. Um, from both I don't want to hate on my parents. I've, I've have better relationships with my parents now, but being a kid was not a great situation. And, you know, I do think that it had a big impact on me and definitely except parents were in the picture and that was, you know, there was definite, definite abuse happening yeah, there. Yeah, there were abuse. Uh, but there was neglect as well in my family and mm-hmm. uh, emotional and physical. So I, I think that I grew up kind of being there was the inconsistency that was happening for sure, you know, on both sides. But then there was like massive like neglect as well that kind of like brought out that avoidant in me. Like I, I really do have yes. a hard time being intimate with people. I do have a hard time just trusting. I, the, the basic trust just isn't there. I remember all throughout my childhood, I did not trust anything to work out and I feel like a lot of people deal with this and that's why there's a whole there's whole books about this and there's whole websites about this is because a lot of us as children did not get a secure attachment and yeah I definitely identify mostly with the 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 fearful avoidant or anxious avoidant attachment um, style which is which is unfortunate you know and I, I also kind of like read a little bit about how and which you mentioned it earlier about how like anxious people tend to be attracted to avoidant people and vice versa yeah where like they're kind of like opposites so they attract yeah but like when they attract when they actually get together it's kind of like a a really abusive relationship like anxious people are like they'll go after avoidant person so hard and the avoidant person usually just with their avoidant behavior they kind of distance themselves from secure people secure people are like oh fuck that like you don't want me i'm gonna fucking be out of here yeah the anxious person is like oh come closer come closer yes, and then yes. eventually if they like are persistent enough you know the avoidant person eventually gives in because they're like oh well this person like no matter what I say and do like they're still gonna be there and I feel like I've been in that role I've been in that role in past relationships and I've also been in the role of being the avoidant person yeah so I feel like depending on which relationship which kind of person I'm I'm involved with it can come out in a different way but definitely um toxicity occurs when an anxious person is brought together with an avoidant person yeah, it sounds like, and I mean, I think even recently, I've been experiencing this with you, where you're like, you you switch, you yeah, know. I switch. Um, I what I was experiencing was that I was consistently extremely anxious, but it looked like avoidance, which is why I, you know, and I'm like happy to have had the test, like kind of confirm that like that was, you know, or the, this regular test kind of confirmed that was going on, but like when I think back to how deeply anxious I felt and I think about the type of people I was like engaged with, even like kind of casually, um, that they would have had no fucking idea. <laughs> like maybe they would have known emotion, like maybe like unconsciously people might have picked up that like I was anxious, but I like don't like, I don't text. Like I don't really, or like I, I barely text. I don't really like reach out. I don't really make 
that much of an effort to like bond or right you kind of privately go through that stuff exactly and you know and you knew because you knew that I was going through it but like the people I was with like had no like they they didn't have any idea you know um and it, it was just like such a place of it's you know it can be such a place of um suffering um but it's really I mean the the positive thing is it like doesn't take like look I okay I'll speak to myself it didn't take that much for me to change it like it felt like forever right it felt like oh my god right like I'm in this fucking pattern but you know I like did a um I did a self-help book on the anxious part of it right you know I like went through it and I did a workbook and I created a contract of like yeah I created a contract of boundaries for myself right of like who I would be involved with because I started to realize that if I'm insecure then I'm attracted to other insecure people right so like you know I think there were some people I was with who were maybe avoidant but I think by and large they were probably a bit more anxious and that kept destabilizing me Right. You know, like I kept being engaged with people who were anxious and then that made me anxious and avoidant and and like then caused a dance between us. Right. That was deeply unhealthy. Um, and so I, I had to do some work and I did that work and like understanding where I was at, I think, started to make me realize like how important it was that I should not feel anxiety in a romantic relationship that like the butterflies and things that I was feeling and that were like really overwhelming and big and seemed like they meant that a relationship was special was actually because um my attachment made me attracted to like unhealthy things and people right? right you know like like my I was I was excited by the thing that was hurting me because that reminded me of whatever in my body exists right like is it the caregiver relationship is it former relationships is it living in an abusive society in the united states while trump is president who the fuck knows <laughs> you know i think it's all of the above and it all goes back to trump it all goes back that fucker. to trump, that fucker um <laughs> but yeah so like i think that is something that i also want to get out to people because um this is like weighted most heavily in romance and I think it shows up in work and maybe that's another episode like how does attachment theory show up in work or like how does it show up in your friendships because it does and it's significant but romance is the place where like we keep getting into fucking patterns over and over again or like having fights with partners or like whatever is like coming up and it's like we get so hurt um, and so in a place of being a victim or so like not understanding like what's not working for us even if we're single we're like why am I single why is it so hard like and it's like I think this is connected to so much of it and if you can get that and start to understand where you're at you can start to build security in yourself um, and not necessarily be seeking that counterpoint in a relationship which could be deeply unhealthy okay yeah I agree with that um you know I, I like you definitely have done a lot more kind of introspection on this via your book, via your research. I'm wondering like what can we possibly take from this? Like if if you're listening right now and you think like, oh, I wonder what style I am or I wonder like what what can be done? Is it like a huge big deal? Because when I was reading about this, I remember like, oh, it's very, very difficult to break the patterns that are deeply 
rooted in your psyche, you know, like I remember reading stuff like that and it was like, fuck, like this is just me and I'm just going to be like this forever. But, you know, of course I'm a big believer. I have a lot of hope and like getting better and healing and everything. You know, what, what are some things that people can do? Like, what do you think is the first step? Like, first thing that comes to my mind is just becoming aware and being educated about it and being aware of the dynamics that exist between the different types of attachment styles. But like, where can we find hope in this? And where can we find like refuge and like possibly being uh, securely attached to another person and have it not be this push pull, get away from me, come closer to me thing that people exist in? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm with you. I like reject that it's hard. I I think that's, it's possible. It's just work, right? It's the work on yourself. I would start with yourpersonality.net, and um, which is yourpersonality.net slash attachment. Um, But again, we'll share that resource. Um, This is a research project they're doing to track people's attachment um, over time. Um, I think that is one place to look at. I would also generally like just take a look at an online questionnaire. This is not going to be scientific. Um, but just, you know, it's it's something to do. Look up look up one that is more legitimate, not like a BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz, right? But like, um, you know, just one that is asking you those kind of probing questions of like either what was your past like? Um, I think you can find one on the Book of Life Um as well, but thebookoflife.com. I think they have a screener for attachment, um, and this is just kind of a taste of like, hey, where where are you? Because um, if you are feeling or thinking, hey, this is resonating with me here. I think that this is um, something I'm dealing with. First, just see, do what you did, right, Reina? Like, see, like, what are you kind of testing as? And then you can start doing research into, okay, well, what is your attachment style? Like, googling stuff. Um, Um, I think sometimes that gets a bad rap, but really there's some pretty good resources out there. Um, There's scientific studies you can read if you want to nerd out on that. Um, Or there are practitioners you can find, right? And there are books that are affordable. Like the book that I went through is called Insecure in Love. um, And it's by Leslie Becker Phelps. Um, You can get this from Amazon. um, uh, You know, you can get it on Kindle. You can get it from your library, which is what I did. Um, And there's a ton of other books like this. Um, There's Reddit um, subreddits. There's subreddits about anxious attachment. Um, You can look into those. You can read about what other people are saying. See if you identify with that. You can see what resources they're recommending. I found this book extremely helpful. And then I think from there, it's like you can go and find a therapist. Like if you can afford it, um, you know, if you have medical insurance, um, you know, finding someone and letting them know, hey, I think I have this attachment um, pattern. Can you work with me on this? Right. You know, some folks are going to be um, experienced at attachment issues and that's going to be their specialty or one of their specialties. Some might not, but that doesn't mean that you can't work with someone to um, create the foundations of a healthy attachment. And also one of the most important things is if you are anxious attached or fearful avoidant, a secure partner will go a long way. So being conscientious of who you're in relationship with, if you see that you're in a relationship with an avoidant, that's going to be extremely unhealthy for you. doesn't mean you demonize the person. It just means, hey, probably you need to look at finding a person who's very secure 
because doing the work with someone who isn't is going to make it all much harder for you. And then for avoidance, um, again, that is like getting somebody you trust who's a therapist. Um, I think you you probably books and things can help, but like more than that, it's like building a very trusted relationship with someone who is not going to push you for intimacy past the point that you're comfortable with. Um, so similarly, if you're avoidant um, and you're working through it and starting to uncover the places in yourself where you're very anxious, you should not be dating somebody who's anxious. You shouldn't be working with people who are anxious. You shouldn't be like in friendships with people who are anxious because that is going to trigger you all the more, you know. Um, so it's kind of this like internal process, but the external matters as well. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, I feel like you know, it's good advice just to pay attention to how you feel when you're with the people that you're with. You know, how are they making you feel? Are they making you feel more anxious? Are they pushing you to a place where you want to be more avoidant? I think that that's probably a really good sign to um, 100%. reassess where you're coming from. Um, 100%. And, you know, what's going on? What, what's good for you in your life? And I, I think it's easier said than done because even as I know all this information now, uh, I find myself being, you know, in, you know, not so great dynamics from time to time where I'm just like, oh, that's still there, you know, and, uh, you know, just being, a, be, paying attention to it, not pushing it under the rug is, is key. You know, maybe you push it under the, the rug one day, but the next day you pull up that fucking rug and you vacuum that shit. Like, I feel like you need to address it. You don't let it go on for too long. You don't let it become your whole entire life. It's okay. To, I feel like there's so much pressure to like, oh, if you identify that there's something wrong, you need to like weed it out right away and you need to get it out and, you know, just, I don't know, kick it and toss it away. But reality is that things are really hard to do that. It's really hard when you when there is like an anxious person attracted to an avoidant person and there is this there 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 truly is an attraction there that happens. But pay attention to if it's toxic and if it's toxic continuously day to day, moment to moment, track it, pay attention to it and you know, say no in the little moments that you have to the toxicity that is occurring and walk the other way. Um, I think that's kind of, that's my strategy. I'm not really a cold turkey type of person. I'm kind of like, slowly, let's just back out of this situation. Like each moment will tell you, Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. this good or is this bad? And okay, if this is not good and healthy for me, I'm going to like take a little step back, keep on taking steps back until I'm out of that toxic situation. Agree 100%. It's listening to the body, you know? Yeah. And again, just like finally, like, if you can, get a therapist. If you can't, or if you can, vote for people who will bring Medicare for all in this country so that everyone (laughs) can get a therapist, right? Because I think there is something that's so valuable to finding someone who is an ally for you um, and is just you're paying them and you don't or you know your insurance paying them or something and you, you feel like you can build a healthy relationship it's not that all therapists are great but i just think for a lot of people that that could be really significant in their lives without feeling like they're either burdening um their loved ones or you know being have getting too much of them asked by their loved ones right you know definitely um have those boundaries mm-hmm. babes having those boundaries um okay so finally before we end <laughs> Where do you put Trump? 
Oh, gosh. Um, definitely not secure. Let's just put that out there right now. But I, I'd probably put him in the fearful avoidant category. I think he's a mixture of all of them, of the two, you know, non-secure options. I think that he was... I don't know. I mean, I feel like he was probably brought up in a pretty inconsistent environment, like emotionally. And he needs so much the love and affection of everyone around him. Like he's not okay just being proud of who he is and in himself. He wants everyone else to be obsessed with him. So that's definitely like anxious qualities. But he's also like dismissing and he's avoidant. So I don't know. Like what do you think? I think that's a really good read. Um I would say that I think he's very anxious, right? Like the obsessive Twitter posting points to that kind of uncontrolled emotional regulation, right? You know, and that he has a need and he's like, I need this need needs to get met. It needs to get met, Um, you know, um, but I I think the dismissive part, the dismissive part of it. I think you're like the way that you're viewing it is probably kind of closer to how you're also dealing with like being anxious and avoidant that it's relational for you right so that like he may have people he completely ignores and doesn't care about but that when he feels rejected the anxiety comes in right that like oh, the, yeah. you know right um, now <laughs> yeah right now right as we're as we're witnessing um you know in contrast i think biden is secure oh yeah for <laughs> sure he's secure secure as fuck he's like it's, it's fine guys it's gonna be okay i still love you even if you don't love me it's like oh okay. yeah thanks grandpa joe oh yeah. yeah when he's like on stage with trump in the debates and like trump is like putting all this bad shit towards biden biden's just like all right all right cool yeah cool story bro yeah. Like, he's not phased by it. He's not avoidant. He's just like, uh, this isn't worth my time or dime. Mm. Fuck cares, man. I know who I am. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. It's it's exciting to have a leader who is a secure person in uh, leading this country again. I think that will shine a very good example for people. Um, and I hope that he inspires security in people, even people who are, like, thinking that libtards are going to ruin this country. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think that secure, secure, security is basically the goal, right? You want to have a secure attachment. You want to be chill. You want to be relaxed in your relationships. You don't want to be avoidant. You don't want to be anxious. But, you know, Trump was always anxious. You know, I, I do think that you can transition. We can transition. You've, you're a good example of somebody who's made the transition into a more secure attachment and is attracted to being in a secure relationship. Um, I think that we can move in that direction. So if you are in one of these categories that's not secure, I think, um, you know, there's hope for you and like even more hope. I think that people that have been through stuff and have, you know, come from a place of being in the depths of fucking hell in whatever situation that they've been in, if they do the work and they are willing to look at themselves and they are willing to kind of choose better for themselves, I think that you could do a lot more than somebody who's just always had things go smoothly for them. Hmm. So I think you there's a lot more power in that because not only were you able to overcome it for yourself, you're able to like help other people overcome that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. I love it. Let's, let's close with that. <laughs> okay. I like it. 
Cool, girl. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you know, this has been really interesting to talk about this. And, you know, I'm going to continue to delve more into this as Sophie has because uh, I want a good relationship that's secure and happy. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be in these insecure attachments anymore. Yeah. I think it's possible for me. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you can find us on social media at uh, Valley Girl Alchemy on Instagram and um, Valley Girl Alchemy at gmail.com. If you have any feedback for us. Thanks, y'all. Bye bye. Bye.